I can no longer relax now. I got to get something more done because you're not as comfortable in that environment, in your new environment, as you are in your old. Welcome to the Productivity Lab, the podcast where we put the tips, tricks, and methods of getting things done to the test. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm Mark. And today we are going and uh, kind of pulling a, uh, what's that podcast called where they re- review a book by following each method by the book? By the book. Yeah, by the book. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a podcast with, hosted by a, uh, I don't remember their names, but one is a comedian, the other one is a producer, a podcast producer, and they read productivity books and self-help books from like four hour work week to I think stuff like the secrets that Oprah loves. <laughs> and they put all the methods to the book to the test for two weeks. So we're going to do something like that today for our first book of the Productivity Lab, Hyperfocus by Chris Bailey. Uh, but before we get to that, what have you been working on, Mark? Um, I've been working on for productivity, just um, kind of back to a normal schedule of things. So it's been a mixture of editing, um, doing some small edits and preps because I got to get lead time on some episodes. Nice. Getting some editing out the way, getting some writing out the way, uh, getting some downtime, a.k.a. drawing practice out of the way. Oh, yeah, and I saw some of that on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so I kind of go through the little spurts and create themed things. So right now I'm on the archive series, which are posts or drawings that I've done, didn't complete or never intended to release, that I decided that I'm going to release them or post them that, up. That sounds like a really cool idea for a future topic. Completing things are left incomplete. Yeah. I'm going to write that to the spreadsheet right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I took the time to kind of prep some uh, social media posts for that and to I've even going back to just a few and made some small changes. I started up some new ones. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of been a flurry of different things. And, of course, as always, uh, doing things for the Austin podcasters with our main mainline meetups and the fiction meetups as well. So it's been a good click of things outside of the old day job. What about you? Uh, busy as we were talking before this episode uh, with moving, which is never fun. Moving in itself is its own side project. Oh, yeah. It doesn't really help if you have a deadline. So you're just like, ah, all right, all right. And also, at the same time that the deadline's a great motivator, you could start really working hard on things that you usually would put off. It's been really busy lately with uh, getting things over to the new place, unpacking as usual, moving furniture, et cetera, et cetera. Fun things. I'm so happy that it's over though. And so far we're liking this new place. So hopefully we'll stay here for a while. <laughs> well, yeah, you're, yeah, you're going to kind of have to for a few years to make it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's been pretty, it's been pretty busy with that. I, uh, also went to Baltimore for a wedding and while I was there, uh, hit up a uh, coffee shop known as Starbucks to do some writing projects. All <laughs> so, right. 
Yeah, you know, uh, the elusive Starbucks that only exists on the East Coast. Only, yeah, I don't know. I've only heard about this place uh, and via Game of Thrones episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Lady Sansa. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Yes. Game of Thrones for running Starbucks. Yes. <laughs> as they're known for doing their product placement. It's so subtle in that show. But as soon as you finish the episode, like, I want some coffee. Well, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's 9 p.m. on a weeknight, but I could really do a venti coffee right now. You know, it would have been pretty. We're going on a tangent here, but <laughs> it would have been pretty amazing. Instead of releasing a pumpkin spice latte, they released a Winterfell latte. Oh, uh, yeah. Man, it's not Christmas yet. It's not Where Christmas. Come just yet. Winter's, yeah. The winter is coming latte. Um, that Starbucks, if you, if you get the idea, give us some royalties. With the dire wolf on it, yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's been busy with the move. Not so much in the side projects. I, I want to get around to editing to the next episode that I have to edit, but I've just been pulling that on the back burner with all of my other projects to be expected. Uh, me and my co-writer for the fiction podcast I'm working on though we did do a reading with a potential actor that went pretty well okay so that's moving forward slowly as usual but it's moving it's a very very slow project (laughs) I project dollar has been ongoing (laughs) since 2015 um, and has changed forms multiple times until it has reached its final form which I'm writing this, now. This show is going to be like those, like like those procedural shows, like Monk, where they solve like a mystery at the end of each episode, except for that one mystery. Yeah. And then in this case, we're solving, we're doing all these projects, except for one project that will never be completed until the finale. <laughs> so this rate. <laughs> that, I mean, that's, that's how projects are, really. Like, yeah. so especially when you get to creative projects, and yeah. even when. At the scale of the show that you're doing, because it's so many genres and you're trying to keep, I don't want to say too much, but you're trying to keep all of that together. That's, that's a lot. Um, and when you're mm-hmm. trying to create a show like that or trying to create anything of that nature, um, it takes a lot of time to do. And then when you have to reach outside of yourself to hire voice actors and everyone yeah. else, now you're managing schedules outside of yourself. And it's already uh, a, a task to manage and try to get time between two people. But then when you start adding third or fourth, fifth, and then when you get into, <laughs> and this is all pre-production, you're all mm-hmm. pre-production, you're casting right now. Wait till you get into production. You're going to make sure you're going to have a good production <laughs> schedule and get everything going. I'm not trying to this, warn you off. I'm just saying this, that. This, it's a it's a big undertaking. This project is the final boss of all side projects of everything I've worked on. <laughs> it's it's a multi phase boss too. Once we get rid of one health bar, the next one pops up, and that's way more difficult than the first phase. It moves faster, difficulty's harder, it requires new tricks you gotta learn. I played a lot of Dark Souls and Bloodborne, but I'm not prepared for this. You're not prepared <laughs> for this. <laughs> <laughs> Video games haven't taught me enough about managing projects, I guess. And, but yeah, since we're talking about projects, uh-huh. things that we got to do is focus on those. And uh, that's what we're talking about today. 
our our look into the methods of the book Hyperfocus by implementing hyperfocus and scatter focus in our life. Yes, and I believe this is the last at the moment, but this is the last of our series of experiments from the book. Yeah. So if you guys are tired of hearing the word hyperfocus, it'll be over in next episode. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Mark and I were doing a, uh, a we took a deep dive into the two methods laid out in that book, which them in themselves are kind of very nebulous in like their descriptions and like how to do like they were they were given like there's ways to do them, but there's no solid foundation to do it. Uh, as a uh, TLDL, too long to listen for the book review. The uh, hyperfocus is pretty much distraction-free work. You put yourself in a room by yourself or in an environment that you won't be interrupted in. You block all distractions for an hour or so, however long it takes to get something done. And then you just go straight to work and focus on what you need to do. Meanwhile, Skyrofocus is the opposite. Skyrofocus is basically intentional mind-wandering which could be accomplished through things like exercising, going for a walk, doing chores, etc. As long as you keep your eye on like some kind of, or not your eye, your mind's eye on some kind of specific idea. And them themselves are kind of like, okay, yeah, I get those. Those are things I can implement in my life. And in the book, he does talk about ways he implements them, but there's also, you could do it your own way as well. So Mark and I went through two weeks, roughly, of working on hyperfocus and scatterfocus methods in our life. So I think uh, we should start with you, Mark. What was your experience with this experiment? Um, th- it. I mean, this really fit very well with me, um, actually, and uh, and that's in both sections of hyperfocus and scatterfocus. So. Uh, prior to the, I mean, it kind of re, uh, reinforced things that I may have already were doing and helped me improve things that I was doing and add new things that I hadn't done before. So throughout this period, I was able to use uh, hyperfocus to really dive deeper into some of the projects that I was working on. So as we discussed before, my workday is very different. In the sense that I work support, I don't necessarily know what I'm going to work on on a day-to-day basis. Now, there's existing cases that I have from customers that I'm working that I think may come back. The customer may respond back. Or if I were not able to complete something, I kind of know what the temperature of that issue is and when I should be able to respond to it. But... As we go throughout the day, there could be a critical issue that comes in that I need to hop on. So it's very difficult to try to plan out my day or to try to, to set, um, do a, a hyper focus uh, period of time to say that I'm going to work on X. Doesn't mean I can't do that. It just means that that can, it, it, the day is going to be volatile and I'm not mm-hmm. going to be able to completely focus on that. So. In the workday, one of the things that I like to do is set my three daily um, intentions, things that I intend to complete. So, of course, every single day, uh, the first one is to zero out my queue. I mean, make sure that I get all responses out to the customers. 
And that's mm-hmm. going to be try to be my priority. And then the other two things are going to be filled in by any extra projects that I'm working on. So if I'm able to zero out my queue, then I move to the next thing. And that's working on training uh, for uh, writing or preparing training for uh, uh, phone training sessions that I do on the side as well. So it sounds like your work environment is not really the most suitable for this. No, the work environment (laughs) is not not the most suitable for this. So where I get all the benefit is actually outside of work. So all the side project stuff. So with that, um, I've kind of attacked that via hyper-focus and scatter-focus. So the particular nights that I knew that I was working on something or knew that I Every Sunday, I sit down and kind of say what I'm going to work on that week. And not only do I define what I'm going to work on that week, I also block that time on my calendar to work on it. So tomorrow night, for example, once I get home, I know this period of time I'm going to have for dinner. And then at 8 to 9.30, I'm going to be focused on editing. So that's going to be my hyper-focus period. So when I do the hyper-focus period uh, of scheduling that out, booking that, then I take the time to, when it's the time, to eliminate any distractions, putting your phones and taking off any smartwatches that I have in a separate room. Um, if I'm likely going to need something with that particular work, if it's editing, maybe I'll throw my dialogue editing book on my desk so I can mm-hmm. see that. It gives me a visual uh, cue. Um, and then I also throw on light, low, lo-fi music. So mm. when I come home, I throw that on because it keeps me from listening to any spoken word stuff. So then I won't want you to to uh, listen to news or watch any clips or stuff like that. You listen to Chilled Cow? I think I have. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, like the big YouTube channel. I turn that on if I really need to focus too. Actually, I might get to that, yeah. <laughs> about that later too. Yeah. Chill Cow 130 Mood is another. There's astral throb which does a lot of um synth wave stuff Ooh, um, that's my kind of thing yeah so I'll, I'll i'll share those links and link to it so i i do that because it's setting a ritual for me when i'm listening to that I, it relaxes me and i get in the mood and i'm like okay i need to go work on something the time is blocked and i go work on that so that's how i tackle hyper focus and for scatter focus uh chris writes in his book um and let's see if I can find it here. Okay. So he writes in his book for scatter focus and I do the same thing for scatter focus. I still book those times, um, to do something, but maybe it's researching or maybe it's reading or just kind of just low key tasks to let the mind work. But what I do is I take one of his advice. So he says, uh, here's a quote, leaving tasks partly completed helps you keep them front of mind as you encounter external and internal solution cues. So I write down what problem, if it's if it's a writing and there's a scene I need, need to tackle, that's a problem for me. So I write that down. Here's some problems that I, that I have, or here's a problem that I have that I need to find a solution to. I write that down and I put other cues in front of me and I do something like super low mode. Maybe that's doing the dishes. Maybe mm-hmm. that's reading something else that's tangentially related. And I just let my mind work until, boom, 
I got it. Now I know how I'm going to start this scene. Now I know what these particular things in the scene need to be. And then maybe I can actually then use that to hop into a hyper hyper focus and spend mm-hmm. the next 30 minutes or, or an hour writing out that scene because I let my mind work it over with other things. And then I can cross that off as being a problem. So that's kind of um, how I've tackled that. But the big, big thing for me is putting things on the calendar um, <laughs> because that helps drive what I'm going to do about it. And then it's just setting that ritual when you get home of uh, that keeps you on track and avoid you from sitting on the couch watching TV or browsing YouTube. Yeah, the, the ritual is a huge part of it. If uh, I actually found out that if I don't start my mornings right, the rest of the day is not going to go well. <laughs> so, like The ritual is so important for things like this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely love your choice in music, by the way, still. The Chili Cow, now I want to listen to that after this. Oh, uh, yeah? Such great music. <laughs> Such great lo-fi music. It's the best. It, <laughs> I have... I have expanded my musical library so much from that YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, I I listen to sometimes I throw on some classical music and mm. I'll listen to like Mozart or um oh my god, I can't think of his name right now. It just left me, but he's the troll. Uh yeah, yeah, Bach and um his name is right in my face. Anyway, um and, and so I'll throw on some classical mu- music mm. as well. But I have to be careful because I'm a big music person, so like I, it needs to be nondescript because if I throw on movie soundtracks, for example, I can get too involved in it. And I'm like, OK, now I'm or- orchestrating the air here. I'm conducting the air and is and I need to focus. So then I have to change it to something else. So classical music and lo-fi music really helped. And I'll try to include a, uh, some links in the show notes as well. Because studies do show that that type of music, the the frequencies that they run at, do help reduce that stress and do help set the mood and tone for you um, to allow you to be able to concentrate on other things much better. So uh, do you have any specific examples from your time doing this experiment or then just like the ritual that we just went over? Do you have like any logs from your days or... No, I don't. No, I didn't keep logs uh, of the day. <laughs> okay, I kept logs. <laughs> no, so uh, I just have my um, I just have my weekly notebook that I write down my schedule in, okay. and then um, I write for the week. I block out those times when I'm working, when I'm traveling, because I write the bus. Uh, when's dinner, and then what that night I'm focusing on, and I have my weekly goals as well. So those are the only things that I do and kind of I've prep everything ahead of time. So then when it comes to action, then it's okay. Here are the things that I I need to repeat uh, before I engage in these particular events to do that. So I'm curious what your experience was, what methods you used and what you actually logged uh, during that time. Yeah. One uh, big issue I've always had is a the worst place for me to get focused at, the, at work is in my office. And for the past three years, I've had a desktop in my office. But this year, we finally got laptops for things like if we're traveling. Uh, eventually, we'll be doing remote work. It's taking a while before they figure out exactly how they want to roll it out. They got laptops just in case. So I've been uh, using it at work. So I'm an engineer. 
I work on many different projects. Sometimes it seems like too many projects. I'm just like, how the, how does this even work? But, uh, sometimes it feels like that there's too much, but uh, luckily the projects are long and there's plenty of breaks in between like each thing. So I could like work on one project for a week, the next week and other projects, so on and so forth. But we got these laptops, which has been super helpful. And on days that I really need to focus, usually during the morning hours, since I we learned from our attention logging, that's when I'm most focused. I will take my laptop, go to an empty conference room, and work there. And I got so much more work done deliberately going to these places and just working there. Uh, my logs weren't really that detailed. I would do things like I wrote anything like, uh, let's see, on day two... Uh, I put worked on an hour, uh, worked for an hour on my laptop and an empty conference room. And then for scatter focus, I did an afternoon walk for 15 minutes. That's the thing I was trying to really put in here mm-hmm. is I was turning mandatory walks in the afternoon whenever I know that my energy is the lowest. So I'm not going to get that much focus work done, but I can still think about things. Yeah. So I would always leave my office and walk around the building like a lap or two takes about 15 minutes to do all that. So, uh, I try to walk at a moderate pace. So I'm not trying to rush myself. Of course, some days it'd be too hot. So like do a shorter walk. It was a a nice little way to force myself to actually do the, uh, like I'll detach work from my desk. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about doing that for a while and I did it a handful of times at the office, but I never really, uh, try to make it part of my discipline of my daily of my daily work. So it was really nice to just go to the office and go, okay, I have all these things to do. Uh, I have an amazing setup. My, my computer, my desktop is like this almost gaming grade level of like processing. It's like a super powerful machine. I have two like 4k monitors are huge, but those things provide so many distractions. So I was like, okay, I really need to get this thing done. I know if I sit here long enough, I'm going to get an email or something. So I'm going to take this laptop next to me, find an empty conference room. If no conference room is empty, I'll find a bench outside if it's not too hot and not too far away from the building. So you get Wi-Fi and then just go sit there and then work for an hour. And it helped me so much. I wish I wrote down like what I got out of the way because there are some things like were things I was procrastinating on and I was like, I can't do this here. It's like my mind was like seeking distractions. Yeah. So it, for, it was really useful for that. Uh, recently, there's some changes in like the city of Austin code, I believe, where we got to change our traffic plans. And I was like, ah, oh, that's a lot. It's a lot of things to read about. Like a lot. And I'd like always like go to like a email app or something like that. But then I got my laptop, did a lot of reading, did a lot of writing, got all the way. It was so nice. So yeah, that was my gist uh, at work. Since I said I've been kind of busy lately, I haven't done that much with side project work. So I didn't really implement this to my side projects that much. Okay. Well, it's so like one of so in my personal notes, and I don't think I mentioned it, but it environment, of course, like mm-hmm. that was uh, for me like a one of the um, thing takeaways in the book, but environment, right? So you changing your environment mm. introduced different cues for you, right? And eliminated <laughs> yeah. distractions. 
Yeah, that's actually something we'll talk about next episode with our Atomic Habits review. <laughs> that's a huge part of that book. Yeah. God, that I, Ooh, make, I don't want to hype that book up too much. Is but that, is that, that is bleeding so over into this <laughs> challenge? It's a crossover. <laughs> there are actually some things in this that like really work that we were reading that book while doing this challenge. It's like this challenge is about discipline and that book is about building discipline. And it worked out so well. <laughs> that book is so good. Uh, I convinced Amberly to push it further up on her reading list yeah. and she started reading it. Okay. But that's, we'll get to the that's next a, episode. Okay. Okay. <laughs> preview, preview. Yes. It's going to um, be a long episode next episode. <laughs> so you, yeah. you mentioning you changing your environment notes to me that it's something I've kind of taken for granted because when I do switch over to the mode that I'm working on a project, I do change my environment. I take my laptop and I go sit in like one of those like mini. We used to call them hip chat rooms. They're they're so they're not stride rooms anyway. Slack rooms. <laughs> we go into these little siloed rooms um, and where yeah. we can work and, and just kind of slide the door closed. Or you can. We have tons of open space that we can go do that. And so you're changing your environment. I'm being removed out of support. So then that kind of removes me having that second monitor where I see our support queue and stuff Mm -hmm. coming in that removes me hearing people talking about support cases that removes other people asking me questions about their cases. And so now I'm removed from there and it's me looking at the one task that I need to get done. So that's really beneficial when you change your environment, it just completely sets your mood. And so you're like, okay, I can no longer relax now. I got to get something more done because you're not as comfortable in that environment, in your new environment, as you are in your old. You know what? That actually, uh, this is this, because this podcast is also a half Cortex fan podcast. <laughs> There's an episode of Cortex where Gray talks about like, no, maybe it wasn't Cortex. Maybe it's his other podcast. Hello, Internet. Uh, I think it, on one of them. What? No, I think it may have been Gray. I remember listening to it in which he talked about, I'm not sure if it's the same one, where he got used to working in the living room or in the office, or he's going back to the office because his wife felt like she couldn't work anywhere because he was working on the couch or something. No, the no? thing okay. is, uh, that's definitely an episode, but uh, there is a, an episode where he talks about, it's near Cortex or Hello Internet, where he talks about like that he he likes to go to places that are not comfortable. So that way he feels like he has to complete his work to get out of there. So <laughs> that's what that reminds me of. That's one way <laughs> like, to do it. Yeah. Which actually I guess it's a good way to put it. Like the little bit of discomfort is good. I can't do any hyper focus in my apartment or now house. So like it's a, uh, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, I just can't do any focus in any place I live in. Why? It's really hard. Do, I just do get you, distracted easily. Do you not have like the def- defined zones in each? I don't the- work from home like my partner Amberly does. So I don't have a dedicated office here. She does. I'm actually using her office for all of our recordings. Mm-hmm. So I've never had a dedicated working place in the place I've lived and my old apartment when I lived by myself, I had my kitchen table I'd work on. Yeah. I could kind of get things done, but even then I'd be very distraction prone. So in order to get things done, I always had to go to a coffee shop. That's the only way to get anything done. Interesting. Yeah. 
So actually, I actually do have a large hyperfocus section a session on here where, uh, let's see what I say. Uh, yeah, I went to Epoch Coffee here in Austin, which is the best coffee chain in Austin. If you haven't been to Austin and if you, or if you plan going here, definitely check out Epoch. I was at Epoch. I got a lot of editing done for the last episode that we just released. Uh, I guess you wouldn't know that, listeners. Uh, that episode was, uh, what was the one we just released today? Attention logging? Uh, attention logging, yeah. Yeah, so we just did the attention logging uh, one. I got that. I knocked the entire edit out in like a three-hour session at that coffee shop. I went there. I set my focus, uh, the, what, the app focus that blocks uh, certain distracting websites in your browser. I set that for like an hour and a half long session and just did like a bunch of editing. And the thing with focus is that you can't go on any of those distracting websites so like, I guess if I'm going to kill time, I'm just going to keep on editing until it's time to go check Reddit. So yeah, it, it's, I uh, ran into sessions like that. That's like how I get things done mostly for side projects. I go to a coffee shop, set up a focus session and go from there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Skyler focus stuff on the other hand was a little bit more nuanced other than my 15 minute walk. Like it could happen anytime from like driving or whatever. So I actually started also doing five-minute meditations each morning, which uh, really helped just like get my mind ready for the day. Uh, any anybody in the productivity space really, uh, as far as I know, like every single podcast like recommends meditation. So I started doing it, and it's helped a bit. I think five minutes isn't that long, which is why I do it. Could do it just right before work. But yeah, the um, my overall thing was change of environments, force myself away from places that are easily distracting me. Or things are easily comfortable in the case of a coffee shop to uh, from my apartment to a coffee shop. So, yeah, I, I had a good time with this. I think it seems like we had different uh, experiences in this case. You were doing it for your side projects, and I was mostly doing it for my work. <laughs> and that wasn't planned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. So we got a good look on that. Uh, let's see, anything else on my notes other than the review? I had that already planned. No, actually, I guess like I've that's pretty much the gist of everything I did and like how it affected me and like why I did the things I did. So from the varying experiments that we've done these past few episodes and reading the book and then trying again the hyper focus and scatter focus methods, is there anything in particular that stands out that you're gonna add to your day to day? or to use on a regular basis? Let's see if this list was again. Uh, Well, I guess I've kind of been doing the task matrix. I've been doing the classic Eisenhower matrix in my day-to-day life, the one I gave a four, I believe. I can't remember what I gave it on the episode. But uh, when the episode was testing both Chris's matrix, the attention, or the task matrix, as we called it, and uh, I was also testing the Eisenhower matrix, I've been using that one still. I still have a filter on... uh, to-doist for it, which has been very helpful. Uh, of course, time tracking, that's just a given. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast about time tracking would never exist. Right now, I have a timer running. We are 30 minutes into recording is what it says right now. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Um, I like the Eisenhower matrix. Um, I think when it's been pretty easy going, but last month was very hectic uh, for the things that I needed to get done. 
So using the Eisenhower matrix and kind of having a, I guess, a visual representation so I can mm-hmm. just follow the the squares uh, clockwise allowed me to kind of pick and choose which things that I wanted or needed to get done. Mm-hmm. And the scatter focus, like I said, not in this particular two week, but when pretty early on uh, when I tried some things myself, uh, scatter focus, like that's when I have um, that helps with my writing immensely because mm-hmm. I'm a very weird writer. So <laughs> if there's any event, doesn't matter what it is, if there's an event on my calendar, I get anxiety about that event on my calendar. <laughs> and that yeah. prevents me from really like diving into the world writing. That's very interesting. So to kind of try to combat that, I've been trying to, that's where I use scatter focus the most. I, I try to write down what where I'm having challenges at in writing for whatever scenes. And I write a, a quick list of here's what I think the next scenes need to be. But then I, I don't know how to start, how to start the scene. I don't know how to end the scene. So those are problems. So then I write those problems down. And then I go do other stuff. I'll go grocery shopping. I'll do laundry. I'll do whatever. But what's still nagging me, right? Again, another quote. We're wired to remember what we're in the middle of more than what mm-hmm. we've completed. And it's bugging me about how I'm going to start that scene. So it makes it much easier to then sit down and say, okay, I think I know how to write this scene and I can write it out. Um, that was one thing. The One of the biggest sessions that I had was when I wrote that short story. And that was, I had the idea. And then I started reading um, a book from George R. R. Martin because it, it seemed kind of similar in style mm-hmm. uh, of that. And then I started writing and drawing, which reinforced the writing, and and, and out popped the 2,000-word short story, which is up to 3,000 words now. Oh, nice. Wow. So for me, scatter focus helps. And having a better way or things that I can do to uh, set that. So that's that's where I get the most use out of scatter focus and just having additional tips to kind of help guide it a little bit better. So that's what I've been experimenting with the most, especially when it comes to writing because of my anxiety with things on my calendar. Um, so that really helps push me forward. So that's kind of one that I will take with me and continue to use going forward forever. So how do you rate these methods? I'm not sure if you should do two ratings or one big one or both. Um, uh, what do you think would be a good way to rate this? Because I guess based off the book, which like we're rating the book's methods, I'd say let's do one big rating. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. So if I was yeah. to do one big rating, I would give it a five because it's been, mm. I've been using my the best pieces that work for me out of the hyper focus and then the best pieces that work for me out of this scatter focus. Mm-hmm. And I've personally have had great results with both. It will be a five in doing both methods. All right. I might be, yeah, I think I agree with you. A five is a good way to put it just because the, 
the practice and discipline of the methods of just like shutting yourself off from distractions and also letting yourself have that time to breathe are really important, especially if you're creative. If it's anything from creative problem solving to writing, uh, everybody could use it. Even like, even just like the idea of just like disconnecting for like 15 minutes and going for a walk is very beneficial. If you aren't doing anything creative, just like it just helps you or helps you think and clear your mind. Like I would give it a five too. I can't remember what we gave the book. I'm pretty sure it might be similar review. I don't know that we'll link to the episode in this episode. So you go back and listen to it and hear what our review was, but I, yeah, five is a good way to put it. I got a lot of benefit from having the, the discipline of taking my laptop to an empty conference room and just clearing things out of the way that I just either really need to focus on, or if I've been putting off, just putting myself there helped a lot. And then those walks during the times that I knew I wasn't that productive also helped my brain figure things out as well. Yeah, I give it a five. Awesome. Next time, we will be doing our next book review, since every five episodes we'll be doing a book review. And that is going to be Atomic Habits by James Clear, which is a book that first I was kind of reluctant on picking up because everybody was talking about it. And now I see why everybody was talking about it. <laughs> it is so good. I've already made a bunch of changes in my life from reading that book. Yeah. I've, I've adopted new habit tracking apps in my life that motivate me more. I've, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really fun, maybe really long episode. <laughs> yeah. And we kind of hinted on some things earlier, but, um, the things that I do or use and we, and we, and we talked about, uh, rituals, right. It's mm-hmm. from atomic habits. Um, mm-hmm. so that was also, has also been influencing some of the other things that I've been doing and challenges because they're in the back of my mind. So it's going to be so great to revisit this book and my notes and my new thoughts on it. Yeah, it's going to be uh, quite the ride. I need to get down and uh, start a habit of writing things down for this next discussion. (laughs) Unlike usual, we only have a week between recording this time. So I have... I think I'm like three chapters from finishing the book. So by the time we record, I'll be done. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's a, it's a really good book. I would recommend everybody to pick up. Um, I know we've been talking about for a while and we mentioned it an episode or two ago. So pick up, join us in our discussion. Let's end off with where people could find us. Where can people find you, Mark? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at askmarkio. That is askmarkio. And you can find my crappy illustrations and art and writings on my personal blog at <laughs> askmark.io. See what I did there. <laughs> Where can I Ask find Mark you? Yo. Yeah, that would be at Twitter and Instagram at KyleSQ9, which actually uh, a podcast recently mentioned my Twitter handle and theirs, and they didn't know how to pronounce it because there's sq9 at the end <laughs> and i didn't really get the reference and i didn't realize like, like how personal that that uh, tag was to me so they thought it was kyle's q9 oh <laughs> it's yeah. like kyle's q9 i was like no <laughs> <laughs> it's kyle my last initial and then q9 which is the abbreviation for my blog quadrant9.net so <laughs> 
Yeah. I, that was when I realized that there's things that you know that are very personal to you that other people might not know. Yeah. <laughs> she just called it Kyle Q9, but I wanted to throw my last initial there for some reason. So, All right. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me at KyleSQ9 or Quadrant9.net where I have a bunch of writings that and some things that I need to finish that I want to put on there, but I've been progressing on for so long. Maybe I could do a hyper-focus session or two to get those out of the way. That would be awesome. Yep. Uh, so yeah, um, you could also find the podcast Productivity Lab, the one that you're listening to right now, at theproductivitylab.show or tpl.show for the website that has all of our links, all of our show notes, and all of our previous episodes. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Productive Lab. That is just Productive Lab because Productivity Lab was taken on both. And I believe that's everything. Yeah, that should be everything. So, Mike, do you want to send them off? Stay productive. sneeze no okay that was <laughs> <laughs>